0: All right, welcome to the Thoughtful Dad podcast. It's a show co-hosted by Wesley Chance and Joe worthy who want to show a new view of fatherhood. The Thoughtful Dad. The paradigm of current and past eras have shown dads as background performers in their children's lives. We seek to change that and introduce a space where dads can be thoughtful and intentional about their role in their child's life. Me and Wesley will weave liberal arts leadership events, and personal storytelling into content that appeals to the modern dad and gives them a listening experience that hopefully helps them in their fatherhood journey. Hey folks, welcome to the Thoughtful Dad Podcast. I'm Joe. I'm Wesley. And we have got a tough episode today. Um, I don't know
1: if we even... I don't know how we can be thoughtful about this one at this point. Yeah. We're going to do our best.
0: Yeah, we're going to do our best. But um, this is partially me staying busy, partially Wes being a really good friend and showing up for me and you know, talking me through a really hard time. So,
1: And I will say, I was not entirely expecting to talk tonight, but I think it's good that we do and stay on our normal schedule and having those routines and practices in place those are things that you can kind of fall back on when you don't know what else to do when you forget the name of your own podcast for a minute there or <laughs> <Yeah>. whatever <laughs> might be going on you know so so yeah i of course i'm here yeah. i did i did have to um abandon stephanie with her dad and stepmom there in town because her grandkids mm-hmm. are, you know, pretty old now, and they're having some fall fun activities like football for the boy, and apparently mm-hmm. he's like really good at football. He likes stiff yes. arms kids, and <laughs> then uh, and the girl is the older one, and she is having her first homecoming, like oh. dance, I guess. And so Lauren used to be a hairdresser; still has those skills. She came up to do her hair for homecoming. That's so awesome. then they, then they swinging by on their way home. So, so they're here, and I'm sure they're having a good time with William. They brought him a a book that has little buttons on it, you know, and makes noises. And nice. apparently, <laughs> the the noises are all like vehicle noises. So when they were driving with it in the back, like some of their groceries fell on it, and it kept like honking the horn on the book, <laughs> and they would like look around like. There's nobody here like we're <laughs> we're driving fine. Who's honking? They figured it out eventually. So, yeah. So that's, you know, that's the news here. We also had our neighbors throw a housewarming party, nice. which Are is pretty new neighbors? Cool. Relatively new. I mean, we've got our block is kind of weird, as you may mm-hmm. recall. It's um, there's a few houses that were like vacant for a while. Mm-hmm. And now they're both full of people. And one of them is like some old people I haven't met yet. And, and the other one is the new kids. And they are young and friendly and had a bunch of people over tonight. That's like nice. the first time our block has done anything like that. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah.
0: Well, injecting some community into the
1: situation. Right?
0: Everyone else is going to start to feel the pressure. You know, I, we have been, been talking the next about
1: <laughs> doing a block party like summertime style, but we didn't do it this year, of course. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe some year. Yeah. yeah I'm feeling the pressure. <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> Got to get the, the whole community organized, so
1: mm-hmm.
0: that'll be good. So, yeah, I guess my news for the week is that um, I lost my nephew, my oldest nephew, mm-hmm. so... It was, it's a, it's a tough situation, but it's not just tough for me. Um, it's tough for uh, the oldest kid in my home because it was his father. So yeah. um, it's, it's a very, it's been a very tough week. I think, um, you know, there's a lot of feelings around it. My, my nephew, um, you know, he uh, was, he's, he, he was going through some hard times, um, these last few years. Um, and, you know, I think back to the times when he was younger. So like, he was this tough guy now, right. But when he was younger, whenever I needed to knock him down a peg, um, <laughs> he would never, when he was probably like, you know, five, six, seven, he would never want to take down the Christmas tree. Um, and my sister would always get this, these like, you know, the Christmas trees that look real, but they're not there, they're like the, you know, you like put the wires yeah. into the thing. And he would never want to take it down. And one time it was up until March. Right? <laughs> <laughs> never take it down. And she finally folded and she asked me, and of course, you know, keep in mind I'm just a teenager, right? Yeah. Like at that time. Um, I'm the youngest of five older sisters. So a lot of my older nieces and nephews are like pretty close in age. So they're almost like little brothers and sisters, not necessarily nieces and nephews. But, you know, um, I've been told I have uncle energy. So, (laughs) you know, (laughs) um, they still call me Uncle Joe or Uncle Joey. But, you know, I had to come and convince him to take down the Christmas tree. Right. So we had made this little game out of it, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, he you know, finally took it down. And to this day, people always ask me, like, how'd you get him to take the Christmas tree down? (laughs) (laughs) Because it was like this big thing. Like he would not let it get taken down. Like he would get in the way or do whatever and not let it get taken down. And, um, you know, I get over there and, uh, have that Christmas tree down and I don't know. Twenty minutes <laughs> you know it wasn't it didn't even take that much convincing you know what i mean it was more just like the amount of time that it took to get it down so um so
1: it's just the ritual of it List like you're the one person who had to show up before maybe, it come down yeah
0: <laughs> you know um maybe that was it so um you know that's a that's a great memory um i have to hold on to and mm-hmm. um you know, fast forward to now, Um, you know, he had had some hard times and we, we ended up taking KJ, which was which is which was tough for him and for like really everyone involved, you know. And, you know, that was a thing over the years, but he was always so grateful. You know what I mean? Like, even if things weren't going necessarily the way that he wanted to, he would always end with, you know, like. You know, thanks for taking KJ, Uncle Joey. I really appreciate it. You know, and he still call me Uncle Joey, you know. (laughs) Um, So it's weird. People who've known me in my adult life to hear Joey, right? But like when I was a kid, I was always Joey, you know. And so my sisters call me Joey. And so therefore, my nieces and nephews always call me Uncle Joey, right? It's only really the younger ones, you know, that call me Uncle Joe. Um, So it's really interesting. So, you know, it's been tough. And I think the tough thing about it is, uh, well, there's a lot of tough things about it, but trying to help KJ through this process, you know, you know, he had not been able to spend very much time uh, with his, with his dad. And, um, you know, that's hard. You know, I know as a kid growing up that, you know, it's hard when you can't spend very much time with your dad. And so I know, you know, to a certain extent, it takes like a toll on him, you know? Um, and then, you know, we had to tell him that, um, you know, he had died and, um, you know, the, you know, for all intents and purposes, the time is up and there's no more time to be had, you know? Um, and so it's been tough, you know? And then of course there's my sister's Um, I'm the youngest of five older sisters, like I said before, but um, he is the son of my second oldest sister. So that has been tough and just trying to make sure she's okay. And then my my other sister came up from Florida and then my other sisters and then one of my sisters has COVID right now. So she can't be around for anything, (laughs) you know, until that clears up.
1: So it's been. you can hang out outside, right? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like... No. <laughs> not taking any risks? Okay. okay. You know, well,
0: um, I mean, we had thought about it, right? But I think um, what ended up happening was that, you know, we don't all have the same mom. And right. um, her mom was like, no. You know? <laughs> Fair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Mama Valerie said no, um you know, she's like, you all need to stick together, except Randy. <laughs> she needs to stay home. <laughs> uh. so yeah, it's been tough. There's been varying levels of grief in the home, you know, um, yeah. I've been trying to be um attentive to you know k j and my sisters, and um of course, you know, there are my other nieces and nephews, their brother, and then there's. The other children in the situation and making sure, you know, things are so okay for them, you know, making sure people are bringing in food and, and all this other stuff. And yeah, so, so yeah, it's been a, it's been a tough week.
1: I can only imagine the amount of, um, upset that that has in a kid's life to go through a loss like that when, you know, when you're that age Really, every little thing that's different makes a big impact, you know? Yeah. Uh, Everything seems like huge, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so something that is legitimately life-changing, I can only imagine the way that that would shake somebody uh, at that age. And I have both my parents still alive at this point. Like, this is something Mm -hmm. he's experiencing that I haven't even gone through. Mm -hmm. And obviously, it's different once your parents are older and they've you know lived a full life and Mm -hmm. um and instead having to lose a parent that young uh, it's i think it really marks a person and and it's worth him knowing that like you said you know you didn't spend a lot of time with your dad either there are people who go through this Mm -hmm. and and you can kind of think of them as guides and and footsteps to follow in right Mm -hmm. and and whoever that might be but I mean, I'm thinking again of plenty of amazing artists and writers. It's, it's almost eerie, like how many of them have some kind of trauma mm-hmm. like that. And not to say that it's like their superpower or something, but it, it just, it tends mm-hmm. to be an element in the, that just kind of goes in with everything else that goes in. However mm-hmm. those things happen, right? It, it tends to be one of the things that's there in some form. And maybe that's just a way of, um, a way of dealing with grief, you know, to mm-hmm. really throw yourself into something that you're passionate about, or you know, that you have a a gift for. So I guess I'm curious, like, how has KJ been doing? Like, has his has his school uh, already kind of set something up for him to to give him a little bit of structure there? Has he just kind of been at home with family this week, or or what's what's his situation?
0: Yeah, so um, he's just been home this week. Yeah. Um, he, he, you know, he he kind of wanted to go to school, but we didn't think it was a good idea just yet for him to go to school because of everything that's going on, I think. Um, well, you know, what was interesting, and I think actually a blessing, is that when I went to go pick him up, because I didn't want him to, like, find out, you know, like what happened at school. Um, It turns out my instinct was right because it was apparently, you know, like starting to pick up steam on social media. Oh no. um, Because of just sort of how it happened, you know? And I get there and I see, you know, his, what I thought was former guidance counselor from the previous school. He was in the elementary school. Now he's in the intermediate school. Um, and so I go and talk to her. and I'm like, "Hey, how you doing?" Such and such, you know, like, can I come talk to you? And I was thinking that, like, maybe she was here for a second. And so, like, I know she knows everyone around the school. So, like, if I just tell her, she'll just make everything else go smoothly, <laughs> you know. And she was like, "Oh, well, well, I'm the guidance counselor for the intermediate school now." <laughs> oh, nice. And I'm like, "Oh, thank God, you know, <laughs> like, good. All right, so here's the deal." and uh another ironic thing was that um, when i got to the school kj was already in the principal's office okay
1: <laughs> yeah skipping or, some middlemen yeah. there kind of <laughs> <awkward>. the <laughs> <laughs> um
0: so he was already there for something silly that he did
1: oh, um
0: man. and you know he thought he was going back to class but i was like you know you know, just sit down. And he thought, he, I'm sure in his head, he thought like, oh, shoot, you know, like <laughs> oh, word party. got back to Uncle Joe quick, you know. Um <laughs> And uh so he's just stayed there. And um, we talked about it. And I actually ended up having, I needed to go get my other nieces and nephews too, because they were in two of the other schools. Mm-hmm. And so um they helped me with that. But More to the point was that, you know, this guidance counselor has known KJ since he entered this district in kindergarten. She's been his guidance counselor for the whole time. And in fact, she has even taken time out to talk to him over the summers. So like she would talk with him over the summer, like- it's still on my Google calendar, like every Thursday at like 1130, you know, like whether she was like out on a walk or a run or something, she would stop and she would, you know, give KJ the time of day. So for her to be there, I think perhaps as some sort of like divine intervention or the universe just working itself out that I say all that to say that, like, I'm certain that, um you know, the guidance counselor will create the space that he needs if oh, he sure. needs it, you know, and You know, it's hard on KJ. There's been no shortage of incidents in his life. And I remember last year when I was talking to the principal, we were having a a little rendezvous about, you know, KJ's behavior. And I said, you know, it's not that like absolutely horrible things have happened to him, but it's always something. You know what I mean? It's always this sort of steady drip of something going on because you you know like he came into custody in kindergarten and then you know the parents get two years to um you know fix things up and so you're sort of in limbo you know for two years. You add on to that the pandemic, which all but shut everything down for a year. Yeah, you know this process is sort of dragged on. For him, you know, Um, and his brothers and sisters, it's sort of just kind of dragged. Right. And so, you know, I was telling them that, like, you know, he just can't catch a break, (laughs) you know, like, (laughs) like really just can't catch a break. Um, You know, Um, like every year there's something, you know, around the beginning of the school year Mm -hmm. that, like, throws him off, you know, and, you know, here we are again but this is no steady drip, you know, uh, (laughs) this is a, this is a huge thing. And, you know, he, he's, it's, it's interesting how he, uh, you know, how he reacts to some of these things. And, you know, I started to, to do like some research around like what, how he would react and, and, and things like that. And I and and I constantly like I don't know I guess to worry about him like in some of these moments like are you okay are you sure <laughs> you know like are you sure you're okay, um and he it's so interesting that like one of the things that they said is that they will model the parents' response to mm-hmm. grief <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know so like however they see you responding to the situation that they'll. I guess just subconsciously say, okay, so this is (laughs) this is how I am supposed to do things, right? (laughs) And of course, I am sitting in um, a session with my therapist like two days ago, and he's like, "Have you cried at all?" I am like, "No," (laughs) you know. Like, (laughs) um, and you know, my sister asked me the same thing today. I am like, "No," uh, you know, really. And you know, I've sort of taken on this role of trying to like help keep things as best I can as the as the kid brother, right? Like going like together, you know, making sure everyone else is okay. So, um, you know, the funny story is, uh, so we're sitting, and so we were been spending a lot of time at my sister's house, um, obviously, and you know, he, I had stopped on the way home, like just tonight, to get him some like McDonald's, and he, and he stops, he looks, and he's like, Uncle Joe, are you okay? you know? There you go. (laughs) And I'm like, uh, no, you know, like, you know, I'm not, I'm definitely not, but you know, I'm not sure. And then he he tries to like, trying to coach me through it, you know?
1: So he's doing exactly what you've been doing the whole
0: time. Exactly. (laughs) Um, So it's funny, but yeah, it's a hard time. Yeah. So that's where we're at right now, you know, just trying to get him to open up a little bit, you know? So I think right. I should have answered the question the right way. I, you know, cause I was going to say the words almost escaped my mouth.
1: Yeah, I'm fine. Oh, cause you that's know? how you always answer <laughs> yeah. when someone asks you that question. <laughs> right? <Yeah>. Cause normally <laughs> yeah. when people ask you that question, they're not expecting you to like tell them, they're just expecting you to comply with the interaction that's happening and then we can sort of like move on and talk about something else, right? Cause that's sort yeah. of how usually those kind of greetings work. But yeah, but there's a difference when well, maybe he knows this from like the kinds of coaching that you do with him and the kinds of stuff his guidance counselor does with him and, mm-hmm. and the various kinds of shenanigans he gets up to, mm-hmm. where then maybe the question becomes like a little more pointed, like, so, like, what is going on yeah. in their cage like that? And, and maybe, maybe there's just some more ways to get at that without directly asking Mm -hmm. just like, are you okay? Because it's, it's so easy to confuse those two types of conversation. I I guess we really almost need like another version of that same exact question.
0: I was actually thinking that same thing, like, (laughs) because I know that there's a list, like a list of things you should ask your kid when they get home from school. And the last thing you ask them is how was your day? Right, right, right. <laughs> because it's that same situation, right? Like I'm supposed to say good, you know, and you know, i like, keep it pushing. Instead, you know, they say like, you know, what's the most exciting thing that happened today? You, you know, try
1: to get at specifics, yeah, rather than getting that broad, right. bland yeah. answer. Interest, but yeah. then on the other hand, you don't want to like push too much at this point, I'm sure, and like right. you know, dig into a thing that's just starting to heal or maybe hasn't even started to heal right That's yeah. still just being felt yeah um it's really i don't know other than giving it time how how much you can really do for somebody and just sort of like creating the space right like you're saying making sure that everybody's here everybody has what they need that Whoever's supposed to be here is here and and whoever's not supposed to be here is not and like mm-hmm. keeping track of everybody and yeah generally kind of organizing, mobilizing and everything. I mean and and that's probably good for you too, to keep you busy at least for a little while. It yeah. might it might mean that you know you, you'll have some kind of delayed reaction though, eventually, everyone will go home. And then it'll be like some quiet time.
0: Yeah, I think um, it's kind of like when you like in the movies, right? Like when someone gets like shot, but they don't know they're shot. You know what I mean? <laughs> or like when you when you get yourself like cut on something, and there's like so much adrenaline rushing yeah. until you calm down, and you're like, "Oh, I'm hit." <laughs> you know? Exactly. <laughs> and once everything calms down. You start to the adrenaline re- wears off. You start to feel the pain mm-hmm. um, and react to the pain. You know, um, I was thinking about that, but also, you know, one of the things that I've been, I guess, forced to think about this week too is that, like, um, the models I've seen around grief. You know, yeah. like, and the um, anyone who knows me knows that, um, I admire my grandmother, right. Um, uh, lovingly known as mother. And, um, I was thinking about, you know, cause a lot of people have been asking me like how I'm doing and stuff like that. And I was thinking a lot about like the home that we're in now. And, um, not that it's a bad thing, but this home has seen a lot of, uh, tragedy, not because it, you know, is the source of it but it's because the it's the gathering space right like where people come to um you know like post tragedy and you know i just have this this memory in my head i don't know if it's real or not of my grandmother in these moments right because i've always been like a people watcher like i like i would rather just sit and like sort of like just like watch people and maybe engage in like Sort of like deeper things, you know, rather than sort of like a, a I guess a social butterfly, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. um, in some ways I, I can be, but but not really, but, but I would always just watch mother and I can, and I have this memory in my head of her just sort of like, um, I don't know if dutifully is the right word, but. Just sort of like walking around the house, making sure everything was good, making sure, you know, know, there was food, making sure the house was clean, making sure the yard was in shape for the kids to play in. You know what I mean? Um, Making sure, you know, the elders were sitting down and not the kids on the couch and (laughs) and like all of these things. But I don't think I ever saw her cry. You know, Um, what I did see was you know, like everyone else cry, but I, I don't think I ever saw her cry, you know? Um, she was always sort of, you know, making sure that everyone else had that space to, you know, cry mm-hmm. and um, do those things. And then, you know, here I am trying to, in some respects, you know, like do that now, like in this respect, I'm not at all I do not at all see myself as the point or the lead. the 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 nice thing about being the younger brother, <laughs> the youngest brother, is that you you sort of just get taken care of, you know. But this is different, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and so it's been a bit of a different role. Um, but I can't help but think about like, so like, how am I like modeling this? You know what I mean? Like, of course, you have to question you know, when you step back and think about it, like, did my grandmother ever have the time to do that, you know, to grieve? And of course I would have wanted that for her. Right. Um, and I'm not, but not necessarily like itching to like have a big cry for myself, you know what I mean? But then also like how, what am I modeling for KJ as well? Right. And I guess on some level it's, I guess who he chooses to follow because he's seen, he's seen all sorts of grief, you know, like, and I don't know, you know, like, I don't know if there's one right way to do it. And I think a lot of times when people are grieving, we can tend to want, like, it's sort of like you have a muscle memory of sort of like how to grieve. Right. And everyone grieves in their own way. Like this is like a very true thing that I've like, that is becoming like very true. Or like I'm seeing the truth in it, like yeah. recently. But what I've also found is that like people want people, not maybe like they're not maybe like out there like being like grieve like this, right? <laughs> but like it it gives people comfort to see people grieving the way that they are. Yes, you know what I mean. And you know, like I think that's a that's a like a real thing too. Go ahead, Wes.
1: That yeah makes me think about the way that. Some people are, like you said, more outgoing, more social butterfly, more just like wanting to make sure everyone's having a good time. Or maybe it's even in this case that everyone's, you know, sad together, right? At least, Mm -hmm. but there's, there's that like warmth and that connection that they're seeking. And then other people tend to be a little more standoffish, a little more like just kind of hanging back watching. And in this situation, it's like there has to be room for those people too i think mm-hmm. and so you know letting yeah letting kj decide or just letting it sort of come out like which which kind of person he is and and how he's going to express that um and when he's ready to express it you know um yeah. just just try not to like i think it's important that he be there for everything and be present with everyone and kind of just be included right but, but mm-hmm. also, like, by no means would I want to, I don't think anybody would want to be, like, the center of attention here or, like, the project that everyone's now trying to, you know, because there's too many cooks in the kitchen at a certain point. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> people coming up and asking you over and over, are you okay? Like, how are you doing? Like, it's, I feel like anybody at a certain point would just be like, okay, just please leave me alone. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and. Yeah, it for me the um the the funerals and the wakes and all that kind of stuff was like clearly it's necessary. Like yes, we all have to grieve together. We have to have this time together and that's good, but also the the main point of that I think is just sort of like to show respect. Maybe I think the actual mm-hmm. grieving in most cases right is going to take a lot longer and and again it's going to take a lot other different kinds of forms that may be really difficult to even communicate or or show or like notice um yeah. so it's it's a <laughs> it's back to that steady drip you know mm-hmm. this this is the one thing that's going to remain a steady drip no matter whether more bad experience or god willing like he doesn't have any more bad experiences this one will last yeah. So it's it's just a matter of him being I think resilient enough and trusting enough that um that he'll he'll kind of keep growing and and, and he'll find his way, right? Whoever he chooses mm-hmm. to model himself on, but but he's got some good models there. So I think yeah. He'll I think he'll figure it out. Yeah. Well, and f- as far as like the grief, the right way to grieve or whatever, like I think that that has to be mostly just a lot of um, you know here again, just like sort of anecdote. Like, here's what's worked for me, mm-hmm. and here's what I've observed. Maybe has worked for other people. I think right, and you can get like more scientific about it. I'm sure, and you can like look at studies and look at you know in general how do kids respond and, and stuff like that. But but at the end of the day, it, it's sort of like just being able to notice and pick up on you know little those little things, those little kind of quiet moments. Um, uh, okay, here's the thing. I would ask though,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: how religious is your family? Like, how much of this is going to be like in a church kind of context? And is KJ like comfortable with that stuff? Do y'all do that stuff, mm-hmm. or is that going to be kind of weird for him?
0: Mm, no, church is like riding a bike for KJ. I think He's... Um, <laughs> he he enjoys church. Um, when um, I went to go give a speech at that church, uh, a couple months ago. Um, a speech. yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he enjoyed going. And, um, when we would go down, um, to the Proctor Institute for child advocacy ministry, so he'd more or less be at a revival <laughs> for, um, you know, a week. He, he liked that too. Okay. So, um, I think it's familiar for him you know, as you know, my dad is a preacher and my sister, uh, um, who just lost her son, my nephew, KJ's dad, is also ordained to you. Oh. And um, I don't think you knew that. Um, I think I, I remember, I think when I was in high school, I went to go watch her first. I went to go watch her first. What is it called? Sermon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't no, go a, watch her for a speech sermon. Speech. Not a, speech. a ordained, sermon because she's ordained. Yeah, so it's no, you
1: just give a speech, okay. right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, at this small little church, it was this. It was this little uh, storefront church. I remember being like so happy that that's where it was, and mm-hmm. it wasn't in one of these like big places. But um, you know, my family is um, very, very unapologetically Christian. And, uh, you know, I say that it probably, probably guides, you know, a good bit of like everything that's happening from this point mm-hmm. on, which is also nice to have like, um, an idea of like what we do next too. So, um, sure. it's going to be, it's going to be great. And, you know, and it also has afforded us, you know, like obviously, you know, really good support too. Right. You know, cause it's not just a religion, it's a support system too. you know, people who come to you in your time and need. And, you know, my sister, Laura, you know, her church has offered to give a full service. Right. And she's been a, a leader in that church, you know, and it was just like, without question, you know, especially when you're a leader and you give a lot of your time, you know, to your church, they want to, you know, like, that's what they're there for to, you know, um, yeah. to reciprocate. And so the um, the funeral is going to be at my sister's church and and stuff like that. My my dad will not be doing the eulogy. It's just too hard for him mm-hmm. to do it, um, understandably. And but of course, you know, like you know, my buddy Dylan has offered to do it if mm. need be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh so of course there's all these people um stepping to the plate to to help um with this um and you know i don't think kj will be um uncomfortable with it at all okay um, yeah you know because i think it's almost like you know i mean just like anything else like if if nothing else i know kj like went to church <laughs> before he was <laughs> um with us so you know, those things sort of are, are just sort of very, um, routine, you know what I mean? Just knowing how to act in church. Um, I think it's good.
1: I, yeah, I, I ask because it seems like, especially when the person is younger or like it's unexpected, right. Mm -hmm. Um, it seems like that, uh, that really becomes, I think a really hard question to have to face. Like, okay there this happened for a reason I guess right if i' mm-hmm. if I'm believing if I'm trusting and I have faith and and I you know this is kind of what I go to church for right for moments like this so that when these mm-hmm. come up I sort of am i've got I've got some answers even mm-hmm. if they aren't totally gonna satisfy me in the moment um yeah I think that's an area where I'd also be really curious um and I wouldn't ask him right now right but like as time goes on, like how's KJ's faith helping him with this? How, how is it making him ask these kind of questions and maybe think about things a little bit more? Like, you know, I don't know at what point a kid realizes that when people die, they're gone. Right. Like Mm
0: -hmm.
1: at what point can you really say that you like, understand what death even means much less like a parent or, or a figure like that. Right. But, but then like, what does happen to that person like where do they go mm-hmm. is is somebody watching out for me now right who who wasn't before or or is it just the same sort of you know order and plan just unfolding in some way that i can't comprehend like whatever the, i i remember as a kid when the first people i knew passed away they were actually um you know there was like an older relative now and then right or you know, somebody in the neighborhood or whatever. But then also, like kids, um, kids at school, and um, mm-hmm. in some really sad cases, like a, a kid would commit suicide, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then, and then you sort of are like, wow. The same way that that person died, I'm going to die someday. You know, that's a that's a thought that suddenly kind of hits you mm-hmm. at a certain point. And like, oh my gosh, like how can their parents like handle this? That's the that's where my head goes. I think right now, as a parent, right, more so than like thinking about myself, I'm thinking about the, you know, like you said, your dad and the family, the from the elders on down through mm-hmm. all the generations who kind of watch that kid grow up, right? Yeah. And, and to to lose him, so there's just so many questions that really aren't appropriate to talk about, but just like you know that people are thinking about them, you know that they're mm-hmm. wondering and struggling with those things, and I think. I think that's where the tears are really helpful, right? Cause it's like, there's stuff you can't really say, but has to like come out in some way. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, that, and, and yeah, again, it might not be right away, but down the line, that's where I would be hoping that, um, that's why I would be hoping that KJ is like comfortable in a church setting. Cause uh, that's, that's like the go-to, right? Even if the person's not religious, that's where you're going to hold the service. Mm-hmm. So it's, gonna, it's going to be, it's going to be put in front of you one way or the other. So it's, it's good. I think that's honestly like maybe one of the most important things about having some kind of religious practice, even as a really young kid, right. When you can't really understand what's going on, at least it like gives you some kind of foundation. Um, mm-hmm. Cause, mm-hmm. yeah. Cause crazy stuff is going to happen.
0: You know, it's interesting because, you know, he has said something about that. Um, you know, He would say, um, he said on a couple of occasions. Well, at least he's in a better place,
1: Hmm.
0: you know. And I'm like, yeah. And um, but then, but on the flip side of that, he said something I don't remember, like quite what he said. He said something to the effect of, "He's like, I mean, I was like, he's like, because he's like, because I mean, this world is this. It's like this world is harsh, Mm. (laughs) you know. That's like a like a really profound thing to say, like
1: um, yeah. as a kid, like yeah, I don't, know that, <laughs> I don't know that it's really possible for a kid before a certain age to recognize that or like articulate that, mm-hmm. right, to themselves, yeah. Because it's so nice to be a kid, like it, it really is, and yeah, and there might be like bad moments, but gosh,
0: but yeah, he said to like
1: look look beyond yourself, yeah, it's, yeah.
0: It's, I mean, you know it's tough for him because and i can understand this too because he doesn't have like a like a monolithic experience of what like life is Mm. on this earth right like when you are like a kid that's sort of like as observant as kj is i think he's always been that and in fact he's um he scored really high on his like standardized tests for spatial reasoning, you oh, know, sure. like, like r- ridiculously high. But he, um, you know, has, has been in varying different like places in his life. Like he's been in cer- certain, like another foster home, you know what I mean? Like he's been in, you know, like the, the hood as his mom would call it. You know, I talked to KJ's mom the day okay. for a little while and, you know, she said something that was like um, you know, to, I mean, profound I think, like she says, you know, he's a, you know, I'm just glad he's not in the hood and I'm never going to have to like t-shirt my kid. You know, like she believes that. Like she she believes it to be a certainty. And if you're not familiar with what that means, <laughs> you know, a lot of times when someone is killed and the, you know, quote unquote hood, um, the people who go to the funeral, like do, there's like a t-shirt with their face on it, like a, um, uh, you know, like a painted, almost like spray painted face on it to commemorate them and honor them and, and all those things, you know? And, you know, she said, you know, you know, he may not be with me, but at least I know I won't have to t-shirt him, you know? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But it's, um, but KJ knows that too, you know? And, you know, that's a tough thing to know, right? Like, like when you're that young, um, you know, so for him to, to make that observation is one, you know, like profound and, but two sort of like wanting to help them like work through that thing, you know, and to also like, You get dangerously close to sort of just like accepting the world as it is versus like knowing that there's still possibilities in the world, you know, and it's especially hard for a kid like KJ who's been through like, like, you know, like all these things and not only has, excuse me, like there's been, you know, that, you know, he's seen sort of like what happened to his dad, but you know, his uncle, his other uncle was just shot and you know, his other grandpa was just shot and killed. And, you know, like, <laughs> it's not. And I mean, he wouldn't have known if it wasn't for my, and Mimi, if you're listening to this, my big mouth sister, <laughs> Mimi, when I had her on speakerphone. But he heard it nonetheless. You know what I mean? Like, there isn't yeah. much I can do about it. Um, And I guess he was yeah. going to find out eventually because you you need to tell kids the truth, right? But that's harsh, you know? Um, Yeah.
1: I think, yeah, about how to tell somebody right it seems like a lot of what you're saying to people is just yeah right you just sort of like agree with what they said because you you, you like process it and you're like yeah that seems true yeah what you, <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah. I, mm-hmm. and i think as long as you can stay on that level of just saying a true thing and agreeing that it is it is so that seems like an totally adequate like for now way of just like letting them figure stuff out but i mean yeah the one of the hardest things i i imagine must be to think about those possibilities mm-hmm. right there's so many ways that things can go wrong there's mm-hmm. really it seems a lot of times like there's very few ways they can go right mm-hmm. and and then at a certain point you know, maybe there's no way that it can go right for mm-hmm. for that person anymore, mm-hmm. and it's just going to be a matter of how is it going to go wrong, right? And mm-hmm. that that is a really dark place to get, right? And I agree that it would be it'd be a shame to lose hope for somebody, um, or to get cynical about a place, right? Mm-hmm. And and just like say, well, there's really only one way out of that place, right? I mm-hmm. I on the other hand, when someone's saying the world's a harsh place. And they've just gone through this. I think you have to affirm them and you're not gonna try to like talk them out of that. Right. No. (laughs) And yeah. Yeah. I mean all you can say is yeah, it is,
0: you know. Or it can be, you know. Um absolutely. Oh, go ahead.
1: No, I I just think in in any way possible, telling the kid exactly how you feel, you know, about what happened is probably the best course here.
0: Yeah. So and What's been odd about like how I feel is my first instinct was to start to think about ways that uh this doesn't happen to any of my other nieces and nephews. You know, yeah. that was the first thing, you know, like to to sort of go to work. Right. Like, you know, there were several occasions where I signed my nephew up for school you know, and got him, tried to get him into like certain programs and stuff like that. And, you know, I've been trying to think about like how, you know, I'm not going to say like where I go wrong, like people have free will, right? You know what I mean? Like, and, and stuff like that, but also like trying to figure out like, you know, where are all the other ones at, you know? And you know, like at in their life, I know where they're at physically. Right. But, you know, and like, where can we, you know, like, you know, get going, get them going and, you know, some of those directions, I know it's not like a, like maybe like a reasonable feeling. Right. You know, but I do feel some, some guilt a little bit, you know, because like, we talk a lot of times about our wonderful times in Boston, you know, like, and like, you know how we, you know, spend all that time together. But, you know, it was interesting. I was this was a while ago. This is when I had like just moved back to Cleveland and I went to go talk to Kendrick, my nephew, and I went to essentially, you know, like berate him for his life choices, you know, like Uncle Joe's back. You know what I mean? Like time to get time to pull it together. <laughs> you know and he was in a significant amount of trouble you know what i mean and so like it was not unwarranted you know right like, right um you know but but he got mad at me you know and he said but yeah you've left me you know mm-hmm. like like you're off in boston and i'm here you know like in the hood yeah you know like, what am i supposed to do right and i i have told myself like That any of a lot of my educational pursuits was in fact for him, you know, Mm -hmm. for not him but them, like all of them, to to you know make a world worth living in that's maybe a little bit less harsh, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and um, so you know, like there's still that significant amount of guilt, you know, with that conversation, you know, that he felt um, that he had no other lifestyle choice Mm -hmm. right because you know perhaps one of his his i'm not gonna say his only example but the example he cared to look at was no longer sort of like front and center you know you know so that's sort of like a like a interesting like really heavy thing that uh that i've been thinking about a lot this week you know you know and you know i can tell myself you know like oh well you know like why wouldn't i want to go you know, to Boston. Why wouldn't I want to go to these schools? Why wouldn't I take the time to go abroad and do these things? But still his truth is that he was left, Mm -hmm. you know, and not too long ago we, we approached that conversation again, you know, and it it almost felt like he was like, no, I'm, I'm fine. I'm over that, you know, but Mm -hmm. I could tell that he wasn't, you know, yeah. you know, and you sort of think you have the time to, you know, repair maybe fix or like change things you know there's no rewind button (laughs) you know what i mean and it can be you know like it can be tough you sort of like that that regret is 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 real right those fantasies in your head of what could have been like is real you know um i can imagine how much more magnified it is when you're 11 and you're essentially still living in a fantasy world right like yeah. Um, <laughs> you know,
1: I just yeah, I th- I feel like the the concept of guilt might not apply as much when you're that young, but certainly regret and maybe regret for things that you just never got to experience, right? Rather yeah. than things that you might have feel like you could have done different or you mm-hmm. didn't get to do yet or it's just like things that are still out there again like possibilities that then stop being actual, you know, in the future. And so a lot of that, a lot of that guilt, again, seems like there are so many kinds of like places to put it, Mm -hmm. you know, most of the time we have ways to just like compartmentalize it off. And, you know, I'll look at this later. I'll, and like you said, maybe there, maybe there is a certain point where it's just like, now is the time I have to look at that thing. Yeah. (laughs) And, and I have to, you know, ask myself again, questions that i you know have been have kind of been putting off that's that seems totally natural Mm -hmm. and and the 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 quote that kept coming to mind as you were kind of going that way is a i don't know how much of a saying it is or if it's just like a a thing that Dostoevsky comes up with but he says everyone everyone is guilty for everything is sort of the gist of it right like there isn't really when you get down to it a place where you can say like that one's on you right i didn't i didn't cause that one or like this one yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna Mm. own this um you know it's not on you but it but rather that um guilt is a kind of like universal condition that we are just in and we can either recognize it or not Um, right and and i think that is pretty in line with like a a certain reading of christianity right he's like orthodox um and so the the terminology will be different but like that sense that yeah the world is bad and a lot of that is people's fault right mm-hmm. in some sense like we collectively have responsibility and we we feel that as guilt um, but that doesn't mean that we can't do something about it yeah absolutely mm-hmm. like feel it by all means and then yeah take your take all the stuff you've learned take all the stuff you've done and like give that and pass that on and, and do, do something with it. Um, that's, I think all you can really do.
0: Yeah. That's the lesson I think. And I think if you can get anything out of, you know, the grieving process, um, all these things that sort of bubble up, you know, regrets and guilt and all those things, um, you know, not to be sort of like too on the ball here, but you know, how can you learn from it? And, Mm -hmm. um, move forward in a way to just not make the same mistake again or you know just take some sort of the responsibility um yeah. for it to change it
1: yeah and like you said you've got your whole family there this i mean that's kind of a blessing i want to say that comes yeah. out of it right that you like these are people you would not normally get to see all in one place yeah um and really just kind of being present for that and of course you know all the memories and stuff they're not going anywhere so yeah, have got time to process those. Yeah.
0: And believe it or not, me and my sisters do not always get along. Uh, um, but, uh, you know, my sister, uh, Miyaka, was just saying this today. She's like, but when it's time for us to squat up, we squat up quick. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like we pull it together. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true, though, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It is in itself like a beautiful thing to see that like no matter what, you know, like we sort of get together and we we sort of make things happen. Expeditiously, <laughs> as TI would say. <laughs> uh um, so that's been good. And this has been good, Wes. Mm-hmm. One of the things I think uh that's important that Wesley was saying in the beginning is that you know, don't cancel things, stick to your routines. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh if you've got uh some time to talk to an old friend in a moment of grief. Do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can tell. I can tell you. I feel better. So, okay. Um, I'm glad. Thanks, Wesley. I appreciate you, brother. Likewise, Joe. <laughs> All right. Thanks, folks.
1: It's yes. kind